Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. It is Rock and Roll Friday on The Savage Nation. And now watch, give me the number, tell you to call, we're going to play rock and roll. You know the phone number, so let me hold back on giving you 855-400-SAVAGE for a minute, if you don't mind. Uh, what I do every day, given that it's a two-hour live show, is I have the guys work all morning, and we put together like an eight-segment outline on what we agree, what they send, what I send, what I think I should do. So segments one, two, three, four, then hour two, segments five, six, seven, eight. And it's all in front of me. It's pretty good stuff. And let me explain why I insist upon an eight-segment layout. Uh, I, was, I was reading a review this morning by the, of the gangster movie director, Martin Scorsese. As, as talented as, as he is, he is a gangster movie director. The reason I'm not that interested in Martin Scorsese's excellently directed gangster movies is I've seen one, I've seen them all. They're about an antiquated gangster that doesn't exist anymore. The Italian gangster of the 50s the Irish gangster of the 50s. They don't exist anymore. After you've watched dramas such as those about the Mexican cartels, whether it's on Netflix, the level of violence and the level of heart-pounding violence and lack of humanity in these programs has so superseded the dreck that Scorsese puts out that it's, it's like watching a child's nursery tale, frankly. Big deal, so the facial gestures are better. And again, Robert De Niro is going to make a gesture. I'm supposed to faint because he moved his eye a certain way. I'm supposed to read that whatever the guy's name is, Joe Pesci was called out of retirement. Like, I believe that. Like, I believe anything else coming out of Hollywood. He's so important, they couldn't get him to do a movie. No, he didn't need the money. He has so much money. So I'm reading this, but one line stuck in my mind, which was he said, well... Why do you keep doing gangster movies like that? They didn't call them gangster movies. like They call them some art film. He said, well, I keep doing this type of movie because I want to learn something more about myself. You really believe that, right? He's not doing it for the greenbacks, $140 million to produce this trek. Uh, Jimmy Hoffa. Who cares about Jimmy Hoffa? Why would anyone care about that thing in, in American history? It's nothing. Tell us about the, what's going on over the border. Tell us about what's going on in, in, in this country today. Not about what went to Jimmy Hoffa. These guys are all stuck in the past. They're really stuck in the past. As talented as some of them may be, as directors or actors, they're stuck in the past. Nobody cares about gangsters from the 1950s with the veal parmesan job. You know, give me the veal and give me the wine and San Gentano. How many times have you seen that garbage in The Sopranos? Gentano. They're all dressed up in the suits. Gentano. Ooh. Go watch the, the cartel stuff on Netflix. You'll see what's really going on in the world of, uh, of crime. And that's only what we see. But having said all of that, one of the reasons that I do things other than Mueller, what's the newest one now, Ukraine, Schiff, is because I would, I'd rather bleed out slowly in a bathtub than do what they do. If I have to do what Jumbo does, three hours a day, 15 hours a week, I would do the Roman end. A razor blade in a hot bath. I, how did they do it? You know, there, there must be a prize that someone could put out for being able to malarkey the people for 15 hours a week about nothing. It's no show prep. 
All you got to do is sit there and talk about Schiff and, and, and the hearing on and on and on in the deep Say deep state. Let's say every three minutes, say deep state. Every four minutes, deep state. Then say throw in a few words, a few key words, and laugh all the way to the Swiss bank in your Gulfstream. It's a good racket. It's more interesting than Jimmy Hoffa, how someone could actually do that. And the rubes line up for it. It's amazing to me how Jumbo does it. But I'm not going to do it. That's why I do an eight-segment show. So my segments are as follows. An ap- opening one, which is this monologue. A judge ruled today against the father trying to stop seven-year-old son's transgender surgery, which means a judge finally came to his senses and did not permit the perverted, psychotic, man-hating mother, pediatrician, from uh, chemically, uh, I would say, destroying her son. That was a good one. That was a very good one. Now, that was yesterday's show. We're, this is yesterday's I'm looking. I don't even know where today's is. I, I picked the wrong one out of the machine, but that was a good topic. We're going to talk about another professor. Where do they get these people from? I'll never understand. A professor at a university called Ball State, which unto itself is a laugh line. Anyone can go to Ball State and take that seriously, has done what I predicted would be done 10 years ago. He hosted a presentation to engage with the question of, quote, how English language practices in college classrooms contribute to white supremacy. What this loser is saying is that grading and good grammar are examples of white supremacy. I I told you that they would come. I told you that they would come, that they would say that the White House needs to be painted another color because it's a symbol of white supremacy in the Ku Klux Klan. That hasn't happened yet. It's coming. So this loser, I don't know where they get them from. His name is Aseo Inui, which means he's of Japanese descent. Obviously a racist down to his last strand of DNA. Puts out a thing called, well, you heard me. We are all implicated in white supremacy, Inui said, during his presentation, co-hosted by Ball State's English Department and Office of Inclusive Excellence. Office of Inclusive Excellence says there should be no excellence based upon literacy. And he says this is because white supremacist systems, I can't even read it. These people are actually mentally ill, but they're hardcore Marxistly they're hardcore, they're hardcore Marxists, mentally ill, and they don't belong in our colleges or universities. What can I do about it? Nothing. I have a radio show where in one hour of this radio show, I reach more people than people like that reach in their entire life. And so the day will come that radio will be declared racist because there aren't enough broadcasters of color or something to that effect, which there really aren't. And when you think about it, how many broadcasters of color can do what I do? If they could, they'd be doing it, wouldn't they? How many people of any color could do what I'd be doing, white or otherwise? Not many. That's why I've been doing it for 25 years, because uh, it takes a special skill to, to do it, number one, and number two, to want to do it, and number two. But having said uh, all of this stuff and given you a hint of what we're going to do, Texas court reverses decision on trans boy, I'm also going to talk about a wealth tax that is being proposed by the loser, Elizabeth Warren. Now, Bernie Sanders polluted and perverted the American political scene, I would say, for 50 years. I've told you, I've tried to educate you that we had a socialist candidate in the past named Eugene V. Debs. He was an outright socialist. He ran as a socialist. Bernie Sanders hides, dances around it. He says, Democrat socialist, uh, not socialist. I might be a socialist. I could be a socialist. I would be. But he isn't. He's a communist. 
What is a communist? A communist is a talentless human being who is envious of everyone around him and tries to use the power of the state and hate to take away what's not his. That's Bernie Sanders. Now, Elizabeth Warren is Bernie Sanders in a filthy skirt. So now they're pushing the big lie about a wealth tax. What you don't know about wealthy people is that we have already paid taxes in order to have our wealth. We've paid every kind of tax imaginable. And we have accrued wealth if we're called wealthy. Whatever that number may be today, it'll change tomorrow. You'll be the wealthy one tomorrow. As they say, if a man has three potatoes and his neighbor has two potatoes in a communist country, the man with three potatoes is a wealthy farmer. Do you understand how it works? And it'll take away that potato from you. This is what the loser, Elizabeth Warren, is proposing. And so I posted this. Dems want revenge for success to kill us off and take what we have and do nothing for the masses. All about losers taking to just get even for them being losers. It is this sick and real. Warren, Sanders, ugly, bitter losers who have done nothing and are jealous equals class warfare. Uh, that's one topic. My other tweet today was there are no whistleblowers. Fake. Schiff must be arrested, Pelosi removed, as threats to the very core of our nation. I want to read that one again. It appears to me there are no whistleblowers at all. They were completely invented by Schiff and by Pelosi. It's a fiction, a total fiction. And uh, uh, a tweeter by the name of Deplorable Doofus sent this to me. Schiff reminds of the teacher on South Park who projects his own psychosis through his hand puppet, Mr. Hat. Schiff believes Mr. Hat is providing credible evidence against Trump. But Mr. Hat doesn't want to appear publicly because his life would be in jeopardy. There never was a whistleblower. Never. They made the whole thing up. They invented the whole thing. That means Schiff needs to be arrested immediately. Pelosi must be removed as speaker. She is the Mussolini of our time. They threatened the very core of our civilization as we know it. If you don't understand this as a liberal, you, don't, you won't understand nothing. Do you understand what this is doing to our legal system? If this is held up as the new standard to prosecute an individual, meaning you don't have to produce a witness, you could have a secret hearing, a secret trial, you may as well be living in Nazi Germany or the Soviet Union. This is what the dictator Pelosi has wrought upon this nation. Don't be fooled by the laughing grandmother's persona. She is the most dangerous politician in the world for having stolen our democracy from us right in front of our eyes. And this is not rhetoric. Let me explain again. Let's say you're a lawyer listening to this show, and you're a liberal lawyer, which most of them are. Unfortunately, most lawyers are very liberal for obvious reasons, and I don't want to go into liberal concern, but most are. You know that you use the Constitution to protect and defend your clients. You use it every day. You use every one of the amendments in order to get your criminal defendants off the hook, every one of them. Do you realize what's going to happen if you yourselves do not stand up to what Pelosi and Schiff are doing to President Trump? Do you realize your client could soon be convicted based upon secret testimony and a secret trial with you not being able to cross-examine the, quote, witnesses because there are no witnesses? Is that the system that you would like to see in this country, Mr. and Mrs. Liberal Lawyers, who went to the, quote, best law schools? Is this how far we have fallen that you don't even understand what Pelosi and Schiff have done to us? Now, that's another topic that's near and dear to my heart that I'm going to talk about. And we're going to also talk about uh, 
the psychosis of the left, the wealth tax, the Texas court reversing the decision on the boy, and the fact that the radical left is now saying literary, literacy itself is racist and an example of white supremacy. It is a world that is upside down, and it is my job to write a sinking ship. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Hey, look, we all have boxes somewhere with old videotapes of vacations, graduations, and other events that have, you know, slipped away, right? You forgot about them. But those tapes and films can wear out over time, and you lose those memories forever. Not with Legacy Box. This is great. Now you can save your family films and photos from degrading or being lost forever by letting Legacy Box digitize them, bring back lost memories to watch and see them again. Now here's what you do. Send your Legacy Box filled with old home movies and pictures. They'll do the rest. Professionally digitizing your moments onto a thumb drive, digital download, or DVD. Easy to follow instructions and safety barcodes included for every item. Receive all your original recorded moments back along with perfectly preserved digital copies. Get personalized updates at every step. Receive up to 12 personalized email updates. Now look. Legacy Box is the world's largest, most trusted digitizer of home movies and photos. Over 450,000 families have trusted Legacy Box. Over a decade of experience, all the work is done by hand right here in the U.S. of A. There has never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Are you listening? Here it comes, because for a limited time, they're offering my listeners an exclusive discount. You heard me right. You go to LegacyBox.com slash Savage and you get 40% off your first order. You heard me right. 40% off by going to LegacyBox.com slash Savage. That's 40% off your order. Please get started and preserve your memories and your past today. That's LegacyBox.com slash Savage. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Someone says to me, you know, someone says to me, all you got to do is look at the number of followers you have on Twitter, only 200,000, when a guy like one of these rap stars has 10 million. I said, I'm shadow blocked while the gutter rats are extolled. What do you want from me? If they extol the gutter rats in order to hoodwink the masses into thinking that being a gutter rat with a hat on backwards, with a gold chain down to their pippic, is the way to exist, I can't help it. I can't change the way Mr. Dorsey thinks the man who made a fortune running Twitter. He knows that if you smear poop on the sidewalks of San Francisco, people will come running from around the world and say that it is not poop. It's gold in the streets. He understands the average person is that stupid. I can't help it. But I will tell you this. I'm watching America melt down at a rate I never thought. I, I knew this would happen, but I didn't think it would happen at this rate. Now, I know who the king rat is. It's Bernie Sanders. I've watched politics since I'm 16 years old. And along comes a communist from New York of the worst kind because he doesn't look threatening. He looks like a friendly old kind of, you know, bumbling grandfather now. Here is a bum who never worked a day in his life. Here is a bum, Bernie Sanders, who slept on relatives' couches, friends' couches, smoked dope 
ripped off people's marijuana and their girlfriends, lied to everybody day and night, didn't ever hold a job, and then eventually he had a, he burned out of up, the Upper West Side of Manhattan and he moved to Vermont, where he hoodwinked the decent people, the rubes, in Burlington to make a mayor by, again, promising them free stuff. And this one man destroyed Vermont. He destroyed the whole core of civility in Vermont. And because of that, he became a senator from Vermont. That wasn't bad enough. Now this rotten, stinking New York gutter rat, Bernie Sanders, starts to train a whole group of young people who, are grow- who grew up without an education of any s- significance, uh, who study things and learn nothing, who uh, suddenly take what he teaches them as gospel when he is just regurgitating old Marxist rhetoric, and then you have a product produced, spawn like occasional cortex, who go out there and poison the minds of young girls who are given towards hysteria to begin with. And the hysterical young girls who riot with the pink hats now believe that what was old is new, and what, what is new was never old. They never heard about Marxism before, nor do they care. They want it because occasional cortex tells them it will be good to take away things from those who have worked for them. And they actually believe that once the people with things who have had them taken from them, whether it's through appropriation of property or appropriation of money through a thing called a wealth tax, things will be better in America. Well, I've actually studied this. Annually, if they seized 100% of all income earned over the $1 million threshold, listen to me, if 100% of all income earned over the $1 million threshold that these loser vermin talk about would only generate $8.9 trillion in additional revenues. But, are you ready? Leading presidential candidates propose $40 trillion in new federal spending over the next decade. And that includes $32 trillion for Medicare for all, including third world bums, $3 trillion for higher education, so they can go and sit there and tell you that there is not a thing called education, it's all racism. $2 trillion for climate plans, which is the greatest scam in American history. And yet, if they took away 100% of all income, earned over the $1 million threshold, they wouldn't earn but 10% of what they need. So who will they come after? You. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Hey, here's a question. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning, worrying? Now look, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds, wheelchairs, Well, in 2016, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress. Now, what does that mean? How is Purple different from other mattresses? Listen, the Purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced. Why? Because it uses the brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It was not like the memory foam that I'm used to or you're you're used to. No, no. The purple material feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the very same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable. Unlike foams, it's breathable so it sleeps cool. It ends up giving you the zero gravity-like feel so it works for any sleeping position. 
Okay, 100-night risk-free trial. You're not satisfied? You can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, free in-home setup, old mattress removal. You ready? You're going to love Purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text SAVAGE to 84-888. The only way to get this free pillow is to do this. You ready? Text SAVAGE to 84-888. That's S-A-V-A-G-E to 84-888. Text S-A-V-A-G-E to 84-888. S-A-V-A-G-E to 84-888. Message and data rates may apply. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. Country is so divided right now that uh, people are predicting there'll be a civil war. 68 to 70 percent of those polled either fear or welcome a civil war. I don't know which one it is. See, that's the interesting part. I think a lot of people on the right would welcome a civil war. They don't fear it at all. They want it. They want they want the battle to come down. They cannot take it anymore. In my experience, men on the right are men of action. They're not men of sitting around and mulling things over, over and over again. They'd like to get it over with. They want to clean this country up once and for all, and they can't take it anymore. The beauty is they're armed to the teeth. I would guesstimate that people on the right are probably armed at a rate of 5 to 10 to 1 more than the people on the left. So God forbid a thing like this happens, it's not going to be pretty for anyone. And yet the left keeps pushing, 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 goading, 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 putting down white men every day. Every day, racial hatred for white people and white men with a laugh and a snicker. And who's doing it? White people in the media. White vermin in the media like Jake Tapper, white vermin in the media like the, the usual suspects, over and over again, putting down white people, being so racist, so nakedly racist, while screaming about racism. And... There's a limit people cannot take it anymore. So in all the years I've been following politics, which is a fairly long time, going all the way back to the 60s, I have never seen such an overtly racist left wing in the nation and targeting specifically white heterosexual Christian males. Now it's getting so crazy they're targeting literacy. Used to be literacy, there was a thing called literacy project. And people of color or immigrants wanted to become as literate as possible to move up in society, but because most of them can't keep up with literacy demands, first they usher them into colleges when they never belong there to begin with, but most of these people are shoved in based on race, not upon qualifications. You know they can't keep up. So what do they do? Well, I told you what they were going to do. They were going to say that the tests are unfair, which they've done. Now they're going to the core of it. They're saying language that is literate is racist. Next, they're going to say that mathematics is a construct of the white mind, the European mind, that it's not part of the indigenous mind, the native mind, the kind mind, the good mind, the earth mind. The earth mind doesn't need math. The earth mind, the kind mind, doesn't need numbers. The earth mind deals in something other than pure symbolism. The earth mind deals in allegory. And therefore, we're going to throw out numbers and math along with language itself. Do you realize what this nation is going to become if we don't stand up to these gutter rats who have taken over the universities and the media? Do you have any idea? Well, you must have an idea. It's going to become unlivable. It's going to become totally unlivable. Then they want to steal not only your pride and your racial identity, they want to steal everything you've worked for. 
So what are we doing about it on a Friday like today? We're going to talk about Trump and uh, Obama and Roger Stone. We can't do it. I just can't do it. Let me talk instead for a moment about another topic, which I'll bring up, the immigration racket. I'm calling it Immigration Inc., because it's probably the greatest racket I've seen since the importation of illegal drugs. I would say that Immigration Inc. is bigger than any drug you could name. It's probably one of the biggest money earners for illegal activities in the world, only it's under the guise of compassion. That's how, look how smart the left is. They tell you that if you oppose the flooding of America with illegal aliens who sponge off the system, you're a racist. Well, let's go back and look at some of the laws. Uh, when the Immigration Act of 1891, for example, came into power, it excluded from entry into this fair nation, quote, insane persons, paupers, or persons likely to become a public charge, persons suffering from a loathsome or a dangerous contagious disease, and uh, other undesirable categories, including polygamists and felons. Well, as you well know, the liberals are going crazy uh, on this. And when Trump announced earlier this year it would expand the list of government benefits it considers when defining a person as a public charge, they came up with the idea that any immigrant receiving food stamps or emergency cash or who is living in public housing may see those benefits count against him when that immigrant seeks to upgrade or extend his visa status or apply for citizenship. Well, Immigration Inc., the mafia that runs the immigration racket, went crazy. And the head of that would be Mayor Bill de Blasio. He would be the tuto de capo, whatever it's called, of the immigration racket. And he again couches his racket by calling it fairness and such. He says, the ultimate city of immigrants will never stop fighting President Trump's xenophobic policies, said de Blasio. Not to be outdone is de Blasio's New York Attorney General, another prize, Letitia James, called the rule change a clear violation of our laws and our values that would make more children go hungry. More children go hungry, you hear? You ever seen any hungry children in America recently? I thought that went out in the 70s, the hunger racket. So nevertheless, there was no public assistance to speak of in the 19th century when immigrants came over. It was not considered the government's job to feed, to tend to the illnesses, to house, etc., the general population at all, let alone immigrants. But today, the opposite is true in the welfare state of today. Local, state, and federal governmental agencies spend trillions of dollars on bankrupting social services. It is so attractive to be on the, do the dole now that most of the immigrants are on the dole now. Now, it was only until recent times that New York asked the sponsors of immigrants to reimburse the city for services that the sponsored person had used. Do you know that in 2012, when Michael Bloomberg was mayor, the New York City Human Resources Administration sponsors of immigrant single adults who had received cash assistance from the city, they would be expected to pay back the money. Did you know any of that? And many of the immigrants did pay back the money. And then what happened? On taking office in 2014, the communist de Blasio canceled such collection efforts, which he had opposed in his prior position as public advocate. He demanded that HRA stop punishing sponsors when immigrants seek assistance from the city. And then de Blasio went a step further. And he actually gave back all the money 
to the 250 sponsors who had given the money back to the city. In his five years as mayor, the communist de Blasio has stopped municipal cooperation with federal immigration authorities. He's issued city ID cards to residents ineligible for government IDs. He's expanded health care services to non-citizens. He's assigned taxpayer-funded immigration attorneys to people facing deportation, including violent felons. He is disregarding the law, whether the law is state or federal. This is exactly how Pelosi rules San Francisco. This is exactly how the state of California has been lost. This is exactly how America is dying. Do you understand this? Now, I want to play for you a couple of sound bites. We're almost out of hour one's time, which is amazing. When you think about it, it's Rock and Roll Friday, and then maybe it's too heavy for everybody. They don't want to hear it. Maybe you just want me to play around today. I could do that. I could talk about cooking or Teddy. I don't know if I'm not in the mood, really. It's a long weekend coming up, and then I got my big event coming up on Tuesday night, live performance, 105 people now, and I don't know where they're going to stick them. It's a small room. It went from 15 to 20. But so many people want to get in that we decided to make a um, video of it. I hired a great videographer. We're actually producing a video that's costing a lot of money because it's going to be professional. I didn't ask my aunt to bring her camera or her iPhone. And we're going to offer it to the public for a very low amount of money. It's less than a price of a beer in a restaurant today. And people say, well, why are you charging? Let me clear the air on that. How dare you charge for a video of this event? How dare you charge for it? Well, this is not a state-sponsored event. It's not sponsored by a grant. Events cost money to put on. Everything costs money in this society. And how much do you pay to listen to a piece of music from a gutter rap, a rat who rubs his crotch? Or how much do you pay to hear anything else in this country? You pay for everything. So please don't complain about this nominal little amount of money that I'm asking you to pay. It's just basically defraying expenses. It's that simple. And don't raise the issue again. I'm sick of it. I don't live in a communist nation, and neither do you. Now, I want to go to some of the callers because we have a little spot here right now uh, on the issue of Schiff being arrested. I would, what would you do if you woke up one day and found out that Schiff was actually taken out in handcuffs? That would be the beginning of the American Civil War that we've been calling for, wouldn't it? If they could find a way to prove that there was no whistleblower and that Schiff invented the whole thing, I would say that would be a crime punishable by imprisonment of not less than 50 years at hard labor in Siberia. If I woke up on Monday morning and I heard that Trump had found a way through Barr to arrest Adam Schiff, take him out in handcuffs, remove him from Congress in a pair of handcuffs with him kicking and screaming, uh, deny him his medication so the white foam appears on the side of his lips, the eyes that are already buggy would bug out of his head, I think I would go out in the street and celebrate. I'd run down the street celebrating. I'd call for 10,000 people in the Bay Area to come to the city and meet me at the Civic Center because I'm waiting for that day. I think that this man is a criminal. I have watched this man operate from the beginning. He makes things up. He crucifies people based upon his lies. And you say, well, it's only Trump and I hate Trump. Let's say you're in that camp. No, but tomorrow it could be you. Don't you understand that if you agree to a secret tribunal, secret witnesses, no media present. It could be you tomorrow. I don't understand why the civil liberties crowd is not jumping up and down over this. Chris in New York is an attorney. Chris, what do you think about these secret hearings that Schiff is uh, conducting? 
Yes, Dr. Savage. It, it's going to lead to, they have opened the door, Pelosi and Schiff have opened the door to leading to the degradation of civil liberties in this nation. Any effective attorney will have a harder time defending their clients in the criminal court due to their actions. The only check on their behavior is through Attorney General William Barr and Durham out of the U.S. District of Connecticut. He's in conducting an investigation onto the inception of the Russia collusion sort of hoax, all based upon the dossier funded by Hillary Clinton and the DNC which ties back into Ukraine. Where we right, but wait, I know you're following it in detail. Most Americans don't follow this in detail. All they know is that there may not be a whistleblower because he's never come forward. And number two, they want to know what these hearings are about because they, why are they secretive? Why are they secret hearings? It's a star chamber. As you have said several times, this is the inception of the second U.S. Civil War. I think that no other person in, in a reasonable situation would find this acceptable. Given our country's history, we have a process, we, the process not being followed. There was a vote for Clinton. There was a vote for Nixon. There was even a vote for Andrew Johnson. Those three presidents were impeached. If they bring articles of impeachment to the United States Senate, the Senate will dismiss those as if it was a defective uh, article of, 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 of some sort of indictment um, uh, against uh, an individual. There will be criminal indictments with the U.S. attorney from Connecticut's investigation. But you mean indictments against those who are persecuting Trump, aren't you? Isn't that what you mean? Yes. Yes, Dr. Savage. Well, what's going to happen when they are indicted? What if Clapper or the others who have been behind this are suddenly indicted, and then the Republicans want to hold secret hearings with secret whistleblowers from the CIA or FBI who come forward, and then... Uh, Clapper and the others start screaming, no, that's not fair. We want it in the public. We want the media there. What would happen then when there is no uh, open trial? What's going to happen then? I think that all hell will break loose in, in, in a few words. But I think the Republicans would be smart enough at least to do it in the public. Uh, the second point is, is that Clapper, you already beat me to it, Clapper and some of the other people involved, James B. Comey, maybe we have Paige Strzok, these other individuals who had actually altered information to hurt Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Oh, that's a horrible thing that they did to that, that, that man. They destroyed him. He had to sell his house. But this is the stuff that went on in the Soviet Union. This is why it doesn't comport with our... But how does Pelosi get away with it? Where did she come off to become such a fascist in the, in the let's say, in the mold of Mussolini? How did Pelosi become such an evil left? She's not even a left-winger. She's just purely fascistic. Look, we could go on and on. Thank you for the call. I'm going to come back in a minute. Not so much to complain about Pelosi, the fascist, and shift the eyed shift, but to talk about other stuff right here on The Savage Nation. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Now, many of you have been hoodwinked into believing that this is supposed to be done in secret. This is an investigation. There's no cross-examination permitted. You are mistaken. In fact, you are so mistaken that you'll become a useful idiot of the left-wing state. A resolution was passed today condemning the Democrats' secretive impeachment investigation by the RNC Executive Committee, and I want to read you one last part of it. The RNC calls on the House of Reps to provide President Trump, like every other American, with due process to include the ability to confront his accusers, 
call witnesses on his behalf and have a basic understanding of the accusations against him that would form any basis for impeachment. Did you hear this? And finally, they say uh, they are calling on the House of Reps under the fascist Pelosi to provide members of the minority, that's the Republicans now, with the ability to participate fully in all proceedings and have equal authority to issue subpoenas and other compulsory process. Pelosi has gone full Mussolini. She's hijacked the United States House of Representatives in her attempts to nullify the votes of 63 million American people. We are on the brink of a civil war if this keeps up. And guess what? It's not selling across America. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Spans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I have seen fascism rise up in America under the guise of liberalism. I saw it come slowly, then it was like a baby step here, a baby step there, then it crawled and it became an adolescent. It is now a full-blown werewolf of an adult. You have people saying and doing things on the left that are right out of the fascist playbook. For example, here is occasional cortex, perhaps the stupidest person, purely stupid, purely evil, to have ever been in Congress. There are pretty a whole lot of stupid and evil people in Congress. She's the dumbest and the stupidest. She's the bartender, occasional cortex. She had the nerve to go on MSNBC and say that Trump's impeachment is an open and shut case. That's without a trial. That's without a jury. That's without a vote. This lowlife degenerate has the nerve to say a thing like this. Uh, You want me to play this? I don't think I can play it for you because I don't want to get angrier than I am. Then we have a guy on CNN named Keith Boykin. I have no idea what he looks like or who he is. He says Republicans who stormed the uh, hearing trying to get them a little more public were like a Klan group, again, putting them down for being white. And again, Jake Tapperface, Jake Woodtapper says nothing about them using such racist terms. Then you've got the illegitimate Ilhan Omar, another prize, the Somalian in Congress, calling GOP individuals who went in to try and get a fair, a fair day for themselves gangsters trying to intimidate witnesses. Then she brought up the white race again, this Somali who was given refuge by white people. Then you got Representative Omar again, saying the progressive agenda is the most popular agenda with the American people. Then you have the, the cockroach himself, the chief cockroach of the media, the number one fat cockroach, Jeff Zucker. He's the fat cockroach who runs CNN. That fat cockroach, is interviewed by one of his puppets, a guy named Stelter, and he has Stelter give him questions, and he says, I can't think of anything my net my network does wrong. This is what's going on. 
in the country. For me to play these sound bites, I'll upset you on this nice Friday. And I don't know that I want to. You want me to upset you or not? You'll have to join me. Either you're going to call the show on any of the topics I raised at 855 and I've raised many topics. A college teacher says literacy itself is uh, racist and white supremacist. Uh, I taught you that a wealth tax would destroy the middle class. Don't be fooled. I showed you that there's an immigration racket called Immigration Inc., Immigrants Inc. It's one of the most lucrative business since the cocaine business ever uh, came into America. There's more money being made on immigration fraud and uh, immigration services uh, and things of that nature than is made in illicit, with illicit drugs. And yet they, they, they pose it as a human right and a comp- compassionate thing. And then we have the secret hearings of um, Schiff and Pelosi that are going on. And I've asked you to comment at 855-407-282. And if you don't want to comment, either you're not interested in the topics or you have nothing to add to it, I'll just play some sound. So let's begin now with a woman who is a disgrace to the name Occasional Cortex. She has permanently destroyed any dignity that her family may have had, and I don't know whether they have any or not. Here's Occasional Cortex in clip number four. I think what's important to acknowledge is that the president has committed crimes in public, and that is, this is something that we know. This is something that all people know from the from you know from the green of of the White House. He he solicited election interference um, and and discussed election interference with respect to China. He released public uh, notes of his calls where he solicited and, and engaged in using the power Turn of his off, office. Please, I am going to get very angry, and I don't want to say things that I regret. She then says that we know that he's. Im- that he's committed a crime. What crime did he commit? I thought that in America, I mean, we don't live in Puerto Rico in the 1700s, do we? In America, you're entitled to a trial by jury. You're entitled to face your accuser. You're entitled to hire attorneys to represent you. But apparently, occasional cortex doesn't know that. I only pray that they catch her in a crime and that she has to face the wrath of the American people. Listen to her now in clip five. We know that he has committed a crime. What crime? The question is, how many other people are implicated in this? this is like the question the is, Union. how often did he do it? Did he do are it in other circumstances? How big does this get? And so uh, with respect to the number of articles, I think oh, that up. it's, it's fair. Look, look, they took a, a gutter rat, a bartender, a nobody. They stuck her in Congress with 4,000 votes over her opponent. Right now, she's an expert now on the articles of impeachment. And she is claiming that he's already impeached because she knows that he's done crimes that are impeachable. And then she raises the stakes and says, who else did it? Who else should be impeached? Who else should be arrested? If this is not civil war activity, I'd like to know what is. How much can we take of know-nothing chicklets like this? And then you've got others. You've got the Somali who came here out of the kindness of America, let her in as an asylee, and right away, Ilhan Omar... Here she goes now. She's calling us names. She's attacking white people, the very same white people who granted her asylum she hates now. This is exactly why I can't play the sound. I want you to listen to it, or do I not want you to listen to it? Let us do this. Let's not listen to it. Because if I listen to it, I'm going to say things that I may regret, and I don't want to regret anything. So let me not talk about any of this. Should I just rip it up and throw it out? What would you like to talk about? Let's make it open mic to Mike Friday. If you want, we can do whatever you want. I don't think I want to do this. I can't. It's getting me too angry. 
if I'm boiling over and I have a voice that I can use here on radio, let me, let me back it up. If I'm getting so enraged at these people, these interlopers, these invaders, these inveiglers, these know-nothings, these communists, these sadistic communists, these racists on the left, I can't imagine what an average white guy who fought for this nation, who's armed to the teeth, is thinking. I can't imagine what a serving, a currently serving officer of the law who's armed to the teeth and trained to use his weapon, I would imagine some of them are ready to snap. And a lot of them are committing suicide because they can't take the pain. Do you know that? See, they're not like me. I have an outlet on the microphone. I'm used to using thought to express myself. A lot of men, they're not stupider than me. Don't get me wrong, but they don't, they don't work like I do. They're more physical. They're more direct. They cannot take this anymore. They can't take the racism of the left. They can't take the hatred of the left. They can't take the violation of the civil rights of the left. They can't take it anymore. So you say, well, 70% of Americans polled say that we're on the verge of a civil war. If you listen to this big mouth cortex, she is already leading a civil war. If you listen to this interloper Ilhan Omar calling white people names, she is already leading a racial civil war. If you listen to Jeff Zucker, who is above the law because he's so fat like a cockroach who feasted on a corpse. And he says, my network CNN does nothing wrong. You realize they're all conducting a civil war right now against America. Gets even worse, though. You want me to go to some of the candidates? This loser who's going nowhere is now raising the stakes. This Beto O'Rourke, the Irishman who's trying to pretend he's a Mexican, is now saying that religious uh, organizations that do not accept transgenderism should lose their tax-exempt status. Listen to Beto O'Rourke at 18. When you offer a service in the public sphere, you should be held to the same standards as any other American, and every American with whom you, whom you come into contact must be treated the same, regardless of their race or their ethnicity or their gender, or their sexual orientation, or their gender identity. What does that actually mean? Tell me exactly what that means. Why is this loser going down to the level of attacking churches now who refuse, because of their religious beliefs, to accept some of these twisted notions that he has? And then we have the case of this old, failed musician, Bruce Springsteen, who I never really understood why people liked him. I know he's big. I know he's bigger than me. I get it. I never thought his music was particularly good. Here he is again going on CBS this morning and attacking the president, and you idiots go to his concerts. Here's Bruce Springsteen in number 19. It's just frightening. You know, we're living in a frightening time. The stewardship of the nation is, has been oh, thrown shut up with the hipster voice. I have a clue as to... What that means. No, you know what it means, you, know, you junkie I mean, bum, you? The United States of America is in your care. Who the hell is this guy? Do you know what, do you know what the stakes are? Do you He's know ripped out means? of his mind. And unfortunately, we have somebody who I feel doesn't have a grasp of the deep meaning of what it means to be an American. Oh, yeah, really talk like a heavy-duty Willie Nelson, man. Talk like you're really stressed out from oppression. Talk like you've just smoked too many joints, man because you can't take the pain anymore. Unbelievable to me. Then we got the funeral of Elijah Cummings, 
with Elizabeth uh, Hillary. I call her Elizabeth Clinton. With Hillary Clinton at Elijah Cummings' funeral, it's too much for me to even play this. This is beyond comprehension, her getting up. It's like Animal Farm. The whole thing is becoming like Animal Farm. He's laying in state there, okay? And then you got Trump. uh, Obama goes to the funeral during the Cummings eulogy, and he attacks Trump at a funeral. Then you got the loudmouth jackal Barbara Lee wants the U.N. to monitor our 20 elections. Listen to this psychopathic communist in 23. Aside from the legislative efforts to restore the Voting Rights Act, we have to work at the state and local level in terms of making sure that uh, these voter ID laws are not passed, making sure Let's that we have right and here. we're into Wait, this. Why do these communists not want voter ID laws passed? Is there anyone out there who understands this? How many years have I been explaining to you that voter ID laws make common sense? They have them in every country on Earth. Small Caribbean nations have voter ID laws. Why does a left-wing jackal like Barbara Lee and the entire left-wing cabal like Jerry Brown, oh, he's gone, uh, what's his name, the new governor, I can't even mention his name, Gavin Newsom, why does he not want voter ID laws in California? Why? Because most of the voters who put him in power are not citizens. Do you understand that? So now this jackal, Barbara Lee, says she wants the U.N. to come in to monitor our 2020 election. Can you believe this? Yes, well, you better believe it. You better believe it. Well, there's more out there, and again, I invite your calls at 855-400-7282. Well, do I have time for Joe? Joe, quickly, fire away line four. Go ahead, please. Yes, Dr. Savage. Uh, On your remote, uh, based on what you had mentioned earlier, that uh, the American people would would unleash a rat on on, uh, Cortez, I don't think we'll do anything about it. Uh, I've been trying to get a message across with my local uh, congressmen and legislators as to what we're doing about these folks that are literally walking right into our country, okay? Yep, right. Um, and I'm, I'm very, very concerned. Walking into our country, committing crimes, ripping us off, contributing almost nothing of value to this society. Let's finish the paragraph. I'm sick and tired of hearing they all come here to work. Most of them come here to work the system. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. You know, everyone has their limits. Maybe I've reached my limits. I feel like I'm going to do my event on Tuesday and almost feel like disappearing and joining an underground cell. I swear to God, that's how crazy I'm getting from this. It's futile to talk about this anymore. I can't do it. They're at our throats. They're at our necks. They're putting us down as human beings. Not only are they ripping the nation to pieces, they're ripping us apart racially, intellectually, financially. What the hell is the point of me sitting here every day and moaning about it? We may have to do something other than that very soon because they are sure doing a lot of stuff about that every day, aren't they? Look how they've polluted and destroyed our universities. Here is some interloper named Aseo Inui. We'll look him up in Wiki and see what background he comes from. Gee, I thought we won one World War II. Here's Aseo Inui, a so-called professor saying that good grammar and grading are examples of white supremacy. Listen to this. In the talk, I'm really thinking about white language supremacy. So I'm, I'm connecting white racial formations historically that have You're listening built to this. Um, disciplines like English studies and so forth. So that racial formation and those that racial subject position has become sort of a dominant, normalized sort of. one in sort of. the languaging or language practices. Listen and, to and this. And that includes judgment of the academy in our classrooms. Judgment. And I think, like you said... 
even if we are a, a person of color, even if we are from a minoritized um, subject position in the United States, and yes, we are in the classroom as the teacher, or we are an academic or whomever, we are still a part of that machine, that white supremacist machine. And Listen. we likely got there because we were able to mimic enough of those languaging practices to be able to proceed, to succeed. It doesn't make it right. Do you understand that he's actually insane? What he said just now is the mark of an insane human being. So in other words, if you have good grammar and you actually speak English properly, it's an example of white supremacy. And that if you're a person of color or a minority of another type and you do it well, it means you're mimicking white people. So to not mimic white people would mean what? You would rub your chests, defecate on the floor, run around like an ape in a jungle. What would you do to not be white? Tell me what you would do that wouldn't be white in the classroom. I want you to listen to this insane professor in number 32. Just because I'm um, uh, identifying the politics of language saying it is racialized, I'm also not saying that what I might identify as a white language practice is not inherently bad. I certainly have those practices in me and I use Listen them because I've been indoctrinated. However, it's when we place those things onto as standards onto everyone, our students, all of them uniformly, and then judge and rank accordingly. That's when it becomes a problem. It's when we take a, okay, a, sta- a standard from a very... The insane people are now running the universities, mainly in the soft subjects like English, which once had standards. Now they let people who are illiterate in English language teach the English language and English studies. Long ago, they took over the uh, departments that were weak and soft. They have not yet penetrated the hard sciences. That will be next when they say that mathematics itself is racist. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. I just have such a bad mood listening to these leftists. They're at war. They're tearing at our entrails. They're ripping the nation apart, all in the guise of being good. They're not the good guys. They are the worst people that have ever infected the American political scene. You've got goons who are illiterate, who are teaching English. You've got interlopers who broke into this nation under the guise of wanting asylum, who are attacking white people. Up and down the line, it seems that they're at war with the very people that gave them their start in life. Why is that? Because they're incompetent. They can't keep up. And they know they never deserve what they got to begin with. So what they want is to tell you out of inferiority that you're the person who's wrong for having accepted them to begin with. This is a deep psychological issue that I don't have the time to go into. As you know, on Tuesday night, I'm doing an evening with Michael Savage, Life as a Conservative in San Francisco. And you can reserve your spot now by going to, I don't know the exact website. It's so hard to find. I've asked them to, I still don't know. I have to look it up on my own side. I've asked the staff 50 times, make it easy. SavageNationLive.com. This is what I'm dealing with. I'm ready to pull my hair out from this. SavageNationLive.com. And you can reserve your video spot now. So I went on a couple of radio shows to talk about it. Local radio shows, that is, because they know me very well. This morning, I went on my own home station of KSFO with the morning show. Let's listen. It was really a good interview, and it went into very deep politics about the Bay Area. Listen. It is such an honor to welcome Dr. Michael Savage to the program. Uh, Dr. Savage, thank you for coming on with us. What a pleasure it is to be on the morning show. Yes, Radio Hall of Fame inductee, legendary talk show host, best-selling author as well. 
And you put together a fine cooking video as well. So I, I really am a fan of all your work, and I appreciate you being on. Don't, and don't forget the greatest dog dad that's ever existed. Oh, Teddy, 16-year-old Teddy. Oh, so, what guys, kind of- what's up? What's going on over there? The fire's driving everyone scary, isn't it? 21,000 acres, Kincaid Fire, 5% contained, 95% uncontained. Yeah, we have uh, 1,300 firefighters out there right now fighting this thing. Why don't they take all the illegal immigrants and make them go on the fire line? <laughs> I think um, I think that w- that's Maybe a great idea. Maybe uh, something to society that we would actually uh, benefit from. But I don't want to talk about the immigration racket today. I'm just sick of it. The uh, well, it's, it's a big business, as you well know. Oh, absolutely. Well, what I what we do want to talk to you about is you are making a rare public appearance, and a lot of folks uh, want to go see you. But this is a private event. It's happening on October 29th, which is next Tuesday. Right. Interest has been so great now that they're also going to be available, your speech, via streaming. Uh, well, details, well, by the way. Yeah, by the what way, we've done is I've hired a filmmaker to uh, video the, the Tuesday night uh, performance, so to speak, in front of 100 and so odd people. It's a dinner closed to, to the public in a private location, but so many people wanted to attend, so... We, we hired a videographer. We're going to put it up online, and people can download it at uh, SavageNationLive.com. Savage Na- or they can go to MichaelSavage.com, and um, they can just subscribe to it. It's very, very inexpensive, the price of a beer, probably less than a beer in San Francisco. And I love the topic because uh, you, you don't know this, sir, but uh, I am from Southern California, and so I'm uh, very familiar with what is going on in California, and especially liberal San Francisco. The topic of your discussion is what it's like to live as a conservative in liberal San Francisco. Uh, I can imagine, sir, that it's got to be hell, but uh, give us a little bit of a preview as to what you're going to be talking about. Well, I give the hell back. I don't take it from them. When it, <laughs> when it comes to me, I don't take it. I don't believe they have the right to control the narrative. It's a two-way street. As I've said for years, a bird needs two wings to fly, a left wing and a right wing. Now, if they want to cut the right wing off, they want to tie the right wing to the body of the bird, let them try. They're not going to win. There are more of us than people may imagine. I know so many people are at a boiling point. They're about to break out of their skin. They can keep pushing all they want. They can have a terrible, terrible time when this reaction finally comes. But anyway, the speech is about, on a lighthearted manner, life as a conservative in liberal San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone listening to this program knows that there is a reign of terror going on in this city right now, being run by uh, a Nazi fa. They are not the anti-fa good guys that the vermin would have you believe. They are the Nazis of our time, and they are trying to intimidate everyone into silence. That's a great everyone, point. Everyone listening to this show is afraid to say what they believe. This is not America anymore because of the radical vermin on the left. They have stolen America from us. But I could take it to a national level, which I'd love to do for about a minute. Whatever happened to the whistleblower that that vermin, Adam Schiff, claimed was there? Now they're saying they're not going to have the whistleblower appear at their little uh, secret star chamber because there never was one. Nancy Pelosi is a Mussolini-esque fascist who should be thrown out of Congress for what she has done to this country. She has destroyed democracy. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. Secret trial, secret witness, no press, no questions allowed. And we're taking this. This is not liberalism. This is Nancy Pelosi's fascism. So this is an example 
on a on a macro level of what we're dealing with on a micro level here. Yeah, that was one of the points I made earlier, Michael. Is could you imagine if they had adopted this in something? I don't know, like let's say sports. You know, you have the Giants playing the Dodgers, and the Giants went, ah, you know what? No Dodger fans today. You guys can't can't come in. There you go, and no press. Yeah, no press. Uh, we're just gonna we're gonna have this game in private. We'll tell you how it goes. But the key tenet of a democracy was the ability to face your accuser. I learned that in high school. Apparently, Nancy Pelosi went to high school somewhere in Mussolini's Italy. She didn't learn that under <laughs> Mussolini. The right to face your accuser is a key tenet of, democ- of a democracy. Where are all the good liberals listening to your show? How can they agree with this? You know that this has destroyed all of our rights to defend ourselves in a court of law. If this is allowed to metastasize, our legal system has been destroyed by Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff. And irrespective of what you think of Donald Trump. That's, that's irrelevant. What's relevant here is what they've done to the law. But getting back to my, my night, I'm not going to make it that political. It's, uh, uh, it is going to be that. It's going to be, um, well, what shall I say? I don't know what it's going to be yet, honestly. Okay. So people keep saying to me, why do you live in San Francisco if you have such um, distaste for what goes on there? Well, do, do you like, I said, what do you mean, I have distaste for the violent bums in the streets of San Francisco? Do you know any liberals who aren't afraid of those vermin running around with golf clubs down around the Embarcadero? Do you know anyone who has sympathy for people who defecate outside of a restaurant on the sidewalk? I haven't met one yet, have you? No, No, and I also haven't seen them out there cleaning it up either. I was eating in North Beach a few months ago, and I saw a bum pull his pants down and, and dump a load in the street. Sorry to be so vulgar. It was more vulgar to watch that animal do this. An animal knows to go to the gutter and hide his, his, his droppings. These people, most of them, have lost their humanity, and it's up to a civil society to take them off the streets and give them the care that they need by putting them in mental hospitals, secure, locked mental hospitals. Yep. Why is that such a radical idea? Oh, the left would say it violates their rights. They have no rights. Once you become that atavistic, you have no rights as a human being. You have to be taken care of by the society at large. Look at what the liberals are doing. They're driving restaurants out of business because of the bums going in. What kind of liberalism is this? This is not liberalism. This is pure anarchy, which is what San Francisco has become, a city of anarchy under the veneer, the veneer, the stucco of liberalism. Now, Michael, um, if you if you go to our, our website at KSFO.com on our morning show blog, uh, I will warn you, if you are eating anything when you do this, oh. put it down. Don't oh. don't be eating while you do what I'm about to tell you about. Oh. Uh, there is an Instagram page that I linked up called Street People of San Francisco, and it's run by an individual who has been sober for about 11 years, but who used to live in this city. Huh. And this person has revisited all the places where they unfortunately had to live at one point, and it is jaw-dropping. It, it is nasty. It's awful. Oh, my God. I, I, I mean, I, some of the stuff on there, I'm surprised Instagram has allowed to remain on their website. But, I mean, if anybody, this is what I was saying yesterday, if anybody doesn't believe that there is a huge problem in San Francisco, all you have to do is show them this Instagram account because, I mean, it is it's people shooting up. It's what you talked about. The, why, the... why does Nancy Pelosi permit this in her in the city? Right. Why does Diane Feinstein? They live in this city. They have abandoned this city. They are what the worst you? citizens of this city. They have abandoned the citizens of this city. They're two of the most powerful politicians in the world. 
and yet they have permitted this to happen in their own backyard. And yet it's going to dictate to us who should be president. Well, that's why they have walls around their houses, Michael. I mean, come on. Well, anyway, <laughs> look, I, want, I don't want to get too far afield. You know, you guys don't have much time for me. It will be a live show Tuesday night in a hidden location. A hundred people got tickets to it, and that's about all we could accommodate in this, in this uh, secret dining room. And uh, then the videographer is going to post it on SavageNationLive.com. For 30 days, people can see what went on in there. I have some of the best people in the Bay Area are coming. I can't even mention their names. Some of them are active-duty military who want to remain anonymous. These are the, this is the bedrock of, American, of, of San Francisco right here, what's going to be in that audience. No, no, not Willie Brown's friends, not Nancy Pelosi's friends, not Diane Feinstein's friends, none of them. It's the friends of the city. It's the friends of the Bay Area. It's people who love this area, who want to save this area from the, from the disgust that it's become. And believe me, we all love this city. I still love this city, but I know what it was like. I moved here in 74. We once had two newspapers, remember? Yeah. The Chronicle and the Examiner. They were good B-plus or B-newspapers. What do we have now? We have a mimeograph sheet put out by Nancy Pelosi and Willie Brown. We don't have a newspaper. When have you last seen anything that resembles a newspaper which shows a variety of opinions in this city? It's, uh, it's a city that's in great decline. Whether it can ever come back with the uh, machine that runs it is a matter of uh, debate. We know what happened in New York City when the Tammany Hall machine ran that city for over 100 years. Uh, well, I'm afraid we're in for a long, long downturn here given the fascism of the left that's running this city today. I don't have any other words for it. Well, thankfully, sir, you have two hours, noon to two, coming up here on KSFO KSFO to talk more about that. And I cannot wait. I, for one, will be going to SavageNationLive.com to watch your your performance uh, coming up here on uh, the 29th next Tuesday. So, Dr. Savage, thank you. Teddy's the the, the, the surprise guest. He's 16. He's mainly blind, mainly deaf. And it's very heartbreaking, but I wanted him to see a crowd one last time. And I'm, I'm telling you the absolute truth. He was on stage with me at the Concord Pavilion in uh, 2002 when he was a mere little pup. And uh, now it's the, the, the arc has completed itself in many ways. And he said, well, why are you taking him? Because I want him to be there. I want the arc to be completed. He is going to be in front of that crowd for a short appearance, making his last grand appearance. Oh. Probably more popular than I am today. That, that dog has lived the... Life of all lives for dogs, Michael. What I mean, Teddy. Teddy's the most dapper little guy. Oh, that's sweet. You've met him. You've met <laughs> yes. him. Yes. You may. Well, thanks for having me on KSO. I love your morning show. It's the best in the Bay Area. Thank you for uh, for talking about these topics. I really appreciate it. All right, Dr. Savage, Dr. Michael Savage, and uh, again, you can find all the information savagenationlive.com. Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. I am the Diogenes of uh, the media, and I'm not going to let the light go out so fast. I've been fighting this fight for a quarter of a century. I'm not ready to give up quite yet. Here's a new story. I knew the day would come. I predicted it with sarcasm in a Swiftian manner 15 years ago. Seattle public schools say math is racist. Framework is broken into four different themes, origins, identity, and agency, blah, 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 history of resistance and liberation, and they suggest that math is subjective and racist. And they say, who gets to say if an answer is right? And how is math manipulated to allow inequality and oppression to persist? 
The idiots then go on to state that Western mathematics is, quote, used to disenfranchise people and communities of color. And under this framework, their students will be able to, quote, construct and decode mathematical knowledge, truth and beauty so they can contribute to their communities. How can you contribute to your community if you can't add two and three, you idiots, you? They go on. Under this criteria, students will analyze the ways in which, quote, ancient mathematical knowledge has been appropriated by Western culture and identify how math has been and continues to be used to oppress and marginalize people and communities of color. Okay, so let me explain exactly what's happening. I guess I told you this would happen. You bring people into the school system who can't keep up. They get in with no tests. You break down the uh, minimum standards for even going into a university, and you bring everyone in. And then you have people who sit there like dummies. They don't know what's going on around them. You have kids who studied their whole life, worked very hard their whole life, had parents doing homework with them. Then you have the others sitting there who don't know what is going on, so what's their reaction? The reaction would normally be, I want to keep up. I want to learn how to be like them because I want to succeed in this society. But because they've been poisoned by the communists in society, whether it be in the media or in the film world or in the universe themselves, they suddenly came up with a novel idea that anything they can't do is because of racism. Anything they can't do is because of white supremacy and so forth and so on. And so now we reach the point where Seattle public schools say math itself is racist. What is next? Where does this go? Well, I predicted this would happen 15 years ago, somewhat sarcastically. Where this goes if they are not called out and mocked and laughed at and thrown out of the schools for being incompetent, violent thugs. What happens next is not very pretty, and I think I'll withhold it from the audience because I know where this is going to go. These are terrorists. These are Marxists. These are revolutionary extremists who may be stupid, but they're very powerful. They're so powerful that they've actually got me reading what they're saying, which is that math itself is racist. What is next? If you're a white person, you don't deserve to exist because you were born a racist and you could never be anything but a racist and you belong in a re-education camp or you should be worked until you're dead because that will be just and that will be fair and that will be equality as seen by Bernie Sanders' acolytes. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 